Welcome to the Fitness Nerdcast. I'm your co-host Ryan Smith with fellow coach Stephanie Holbrook, where we get a chance to geek out on all things fitness and bring it to you. First off, things presented here are our opinions developed with over 40 years of combined experience. We are not medical doctors and any information presented here is purely informational. If you'd be interested in working with us, please email us at fitnessnerdspodcast at gmail.com or hop over to our website and blog at fitnessnerdspodcast.com. While you're online, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fitnessnerdspodcast. Now on with the show. Hey, Coach Ryan. How are you today? Good morning, Coach Stephanie. I'm doing great. How are you this morning? I'm fine. I have my bulletproof coffee with me, and I'm all wide awake. Even awesome. though I had to get up at 5.30, which is not that early <laughs> to talk oh. to you today. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, that's what 5.30 is my normal wake-up time as well. Well, I wake up at 6, so it's not like it's a big stretch. And on the weekends, I typically wake up about 4.30 to go on bike rides because it's, it's hot here. Right. Yep, I I understand. So out there in the heat, you have to get up early and with as hot and humid as it is here in uh, Kentucky, the Cincinnati area, a lot of uh, a lot of our people are also getting up early to train. Yeah, we have to to beat the heat. We typically start riding about five thirty, and then are try to be done, you know, by ten. But that you know you don't always get done that early. But it's um. It's pretty nice. I mean, five thirty to ten. That's a that's a pretty yeah four and a half hours of riding, and and that's a right nice time. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. I live in Arizona, so it's Phoenix is gets pretty toasty in the summers. Yes, yes. It. Uh, I was that was actually one of the places I considered going to grad school years years and years ago. And whenever I was out there, I can remember running at lunchtime and it was like 112 or something. I felt like I was just running in an oven. It was like, because yes. I was on vacation and I woke up late and, and it was like, Ooh, not doing that again. Right. You can't really wake up late and do stuff outside and no. go fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do stuff outside, um, but you have to sort of take it easy or else um, you could have some problems. There are a lot of People come and visit in the summer, not a lot, but a few every year who go and hike a mountain or something and don't take enough water and are not adapted to the heat and end up right. going to the hospital or dying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's sort of scary. I mean, it's like people's organs just collapse. They stop oh, yeah. working because they're, um, you know, overheated. They go, heat, yep, heat. So they, they go into heat stroke. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I can I can vividly remember when I was looking at going to grad school out there that it was raining, but it ne the rain never hit the ground. Oh, because it was so hot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. that happens too. <laughs> yes. So talking about some memories here in of a long time ago. So that's going back hmm, 20 years for me. Yeah. So actually 20 plus. But anyway. All right. So on with today's topic. Today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that's kind of your brain software. And one of the things that I utilize, what's called neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, and that's a, a modality that I am certified in. Right. The reason, uh, one of the reasons why Ryan and I discussed talking about this, I was telling him about how 
I have really upped my calories, my fat content, um, and I was feeling great. And he sort of commented that, of course you feel great because you're eating enough food. And I have always struggled with losing weight, not always, but um, in since I've had my kids. And I've done all kinds of crazy things like, you know, do um, endurance sports and train for Ironman. And I've all consistently tried to cut my calories, cut my calories, thinking calories in, calories out. And it has never worked, <laughs> which is uh, crazy in the fact that I keep trying the same thing. Exactly. That's the definition of insanity, right? right. Doing the same thing over right. and over and expecting different results. I just work out hard enough, I'll lose the right. weight. But um, that never, never happened. And I decided I was going to really focus on my weightlifting and um, wanted to build some muscle and uh, needed to eat a lot more. And I was sort of flabbergasted that I added about a thousand more calories per day and I feel great and I lost weight. So um, he's like, of course you did because your body's not starving, um, right. which on the conscious level, I know those things because I've been taught it through the Czech Institute and the Superhuman Coaching Program and all the podcasts I listen to and all the articles I read and Dr. Maffetone's book. Um, I mean, there's a plethora of information that I have been exposed to, but because growing up, my mom was always dieting and I got those, you know, messages in my head, plus the mainstream media promotes that. And, um, which I think, you know, sets people up to fail. Um, but so I, it's, uh, we decided that the NLP would be great to talk about because it discusses about why do we revert back to things that we know are not true, but they're part of our subconscious and it, it dictates a lot of our behavior. Right. So absolutely. So there's a lot that goes in there. So yes, we have a certain model of the world that we live in, and that is the things that we have learned growing up. So as a child, we learn things because our, we have no filters. So we have everything that we're told, basically, we take as the truth because we don't know the difference between a truth and a lie. It's really, it's a, you know, it's like Santa Claus, right? You know, we know that Santa Claus isn't real, but at the same time, as, as a child, you believe that Santa Claus is real. You know, and you're you're told and you're taught to believe that. But at the same time, is depending upon what your parents are eating and your parents' beliefs and the things that you're exposed to. You know, now we expose our children to, you know, TV. Uh, you know, they get hundreds of channels on TV and there's, you know, iPads and all these things that we expose our kids to now. And we're and their brains don't have the ability to filter that. So they're actually that becomes their model of the world. So, right. And so where is it that we have to, you know, get in there? And once we've learned these things, how do we unlearn them? You know, it's and while we can't necessarily unlearn something, we actually have to get past what is called our critical faculty. And our critical faculty is that conscious filter of what we're doing. So we have to bypass that because that is the thing that basically says, yeah, I'm going to believe it or no, I'm not going to believe it. Even though we, we are 
you know, from this aspect, you have learned all of these things from about nutrition, knowing that fat is, you know, good fats are really good for you and you lose weight and good fats will not make you fat. Right. And, right. you know, and, you know, cutting calories is not the best way to do that because we've learned that many times over yet that's still the model that you live in, right? Because your critical faculty is rejecting the stuff of, oh my gosh, if I eat more, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose weight. Your critical faculty is ignoring that and saying, no, that is not what I have learned. That is not what I've been taught for X number of years. Right. Uh, right. Instead of the idea, like, if I eat less, I'm going to affect my hormones, which I um, has happened. Right. I'm like, if I eat less, I'll just lose weight. If I exercise more, I'll just get thinner. And, right, um, right. and that that so. paradigm doesn't work. If I, um, instead of the idea, if I eat more, I'll have more energy for my workouts. If I right. eat more, I will um, feel better or my brain will work better. So, right. yeah, trying to learn those new or so, believe in those new patterns or enter it into my subconscious. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, oh, I didn't tell you another great thing is my, you saw my heart rate variability went up. Yes. That was from eating more food. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. So your body's not in stress mode, right? Right. Your body's not going, I'm in starvation mode. I don't know how I'm going to survive. You know, and I use the analogy all the time with, with people of, you know, if you're if you're going to drive from Cincinnati to Los Angeles, you don't put a half a tank of gas in your car and expect to get there. Right. You know, and that's in essence what we're doing with, you know, a uh, with a cutting calories. You, you know, we're not expecting to go farther on less fuel. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Plus, the law of thermo, thermodynamics that calories in, calories out is based upon doesn't work in the human body. No, you know, because that, it's calories so, in, calories out, plus hormones. <laughs> right. Well, there's everything. So you, right. you know, our brains have to work. We have. It's more of about micronutrients. What are you providing the cells, the mitochondria, the you know, what are we doing for the entire body? Versus, hey, you know, again, you can eat a thousand calories of Snickers bars, or a thousand calories of you know a high quality nutrition grass fed meat. And right, they're doing different things to your body. Absolutely. But yet, in that, you know, in the scenario of a, of a calorie in, calorie out, it doesn't matter which one you eat, right? Right, right. And it does make a big difference on how you feel. Absolutely. A thousand so. calories of a, of a cupcake and a thousand calories of a, um, MCT oil are going to do dramatically different things to your body. Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's that model of the world. And most people have been taught this model of the world about nutrition and diet by marketing, which is bypasses your critical faculty and basically programs you as, as from nutrition, from what the food industry is doing through, through advertising, right? It's because we get it you know, 30 seconds to two minutes on every single TV show. Right. Which now is also what pharmacy is doing, right? That's right. what the pharmaceutical companies are doing with, hey, now you go to the doctor and you ask your doctor for what drugs you want. 
Right. So, so who came up with neuro-linguistic programming? How did this idea come about that you can reprogram your brain and get to your subconscious? Right. So really, it kind of comes out of a, um, of a, a model from two different realms. One is the psychology and the other one is also the hypnotherapy or hypnotism as far as with that a kind of a combination of looking at that. So Richard Bandler, Dr. Richard Bandler and Dr. John Grinder uh, basically modeled Milton Erickson and several other very famous hypnotherapists and really said kind of distill down the information. So NLP really is almost a uh, it is a way to bypass that critical faculty and get to the subconscious without going into a hypnotic trance. So it, it happens all the time to us. So when we're watching TV or you're watching a movie, uh, and this is a, this is one of my favorite examples is you're watching a action thriller movie and you know and somebody jumps off of a building and they're falling and you get that feeling that you are falling too right you know that you're not you're sitting on your couch or you're sitting in a movie theater and you know you're not falling but yet you have the same sensations right or being sad when you see a sad story or feeling like you're in love when you're watching a love story exactly so right. the those are made to i mean your critical faculty basically says, I know that I'm not falling or I know that I'm not, you know, I'm not in love with that person that's on the screen. But yet the movie drives gets past that and involves you into it so much that your body can't tell the difference between whether you're watching it or whether you're actually part of it. Right. So that's so that's really about where a lot of NLP comes from and that that really getting down into. All right. We have to get rid of or kind of suppress for just a moment to this critical faculty or this determining your conscious mind to get to your subconscious. Our conscious mind only takes in about 10% of all of the things that we do, but your subconscious can take in a whole lot more. So, so it's, are there any well-known folks who practice NLP that people can relate to? Absolutely. So there's there's a lot of them, but probably the most well known is Anthony Robbins. So Tony Robbins, you know, the Awaken the Giant Within. That is the, a lot of that that he is there and talking about is based in NLP. So it's really about that language that that we utilize with ourselves. So NLP is something you can use with yourself or me with a with clients as well. And it really is about how you talk to yourself and how you see yourself. So yeah. the folks who, who want to, folks like me, who mm -hmm. would want to reprogram their brain, even though, you know, I've had a lot of, done a lot of work to try to make, you know, follow nutrition a different way, mm -hmm. um, even though, like, I would slip back to my previous behaviors. Mm -hmm. How um, how can NP NLP help someone move forward a little faster in um, getting to their subconscious? Like, how does it work? I right. Mean, so usually, I mean, it, it's easier whenever you have somebody that's helping you because, again, whenever you're when you're trying to do it on your own, your own conscious mind is still kind of blocking you, so it's harder to do it on your own. So it's usually better to have somebody help you. 
who is trained in NLP because, again, it, this is going into and working with your own neuroscience. So with, with it, we're going to get in. We're going to put somebody into a relaxed state. So we're going to try to get them into an alpha brain state. So a few deep breaths, holding it, releasing it, kind of helping them guide guide them to you know a place where they're relaxed. So some people it's a beach. Some people it's at a waterfall. It could be something like that. And then we're going to, once they're in that relaxed state, then we can actually start talking to them and, and getting them to relax a little bit. This is also the same way that whenever we talk about Olympic athletes and they're working with a sports psychologist or a sports hypnotherapist, where it's actually that true visualization of you running the race and you be you being your best self. So in some ways, NLP is about you actually going through and getting to your best self. So whenever we do that, we're going to go in and we're going to talk about, okay, we're going to ask questions. It's not, it's not about telling somebody. It's we're actually allowing the subconscious really to answer, answer the questions. So what is, you know, what is it, those things that are holding you back? What are those speed bumps that are, that are keeping you from, from it? Why are you, you know, why are you rejecting the model that you know from education to be true and accepting the model of, you know, marketing and letting your, really letting your subconscious answer that. Cool. The, uh, have you had a lot of success with, um, certain clients on using it? Absolutely. So we've got, uh, a lot of clients that I've used it with is some of them are from an injury standpoint. So somebody who's overcome an injury, they're healed from their injury, yet they're still manifesting pain or they are protecting that injury. So their body is really protecting right, their gait is still off because of the injury. Exactly. So we've got a compensation that's in there, but or we had a uh, a shoulder injury, and there's really there's no reason why the shoulder is not in full range of motion. We have nothing that's in there, so or we're having pain, but there's no, there's nothing that's there that's showing pain. So we can actually kind of uh, ask the brain to kind of remove that pain and get range of motion back. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, another one that I that I had is somebody who uh, was a was extremely ticklish. Now this seems like a, a funny one to do, but this was somebody I worked with who was extremely ticklish to the point that where if somebody touched them that they would kind of like jump. Well, basically we took that and kind of bottled that, that up in their, in their subconscious and, and removed that. And so within three minutes, somebody went from being extremely ticklish to not being ticklish at all. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, and you can imagine if you're at a job where if somebody touches you, and you are, you know, jump and yeah, giggle. yeah, exactly. I mean, you can imagine being a nurse or a doctor, and you know, you've got a a needle in your hand, and somebody touches you that you're ticklish, and all of a sudden you've got this needle, and it's somewhere that it shouldn't be, right? Right. So it's uh, you know, there's a a lot of uses for that. But then um, also the that the, that finding your best self. I think that's probably the the biggest one that we that we utilize. So it is. Um, you know, why, you know, why are you not where you should be? 
you know, you, you know, you've got these lofty goals, but yet you keep self-sabotaging, right? Right. Right. So it's really, you know, finding out. So everybody is different and everybody has a different answer. So it's not, it's not something that you can just, Hey, here's a, here's a script kind of thing that you do. It's really about help, helping the person and guiding the person to find the answers within themselves. Cool. That's super cool. The, uh, so um, we had talked about having, like, going through an NLP session on our next podcast. Right. So, um, and you're going to dig deep into my brain. Yes. So we, we will. We will dig deep a little bit, and, and we're going to let you answer your own questions. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, so we've, we've got a couple of different things that we can do. So whenever we're talking about nutrition for you, so let me just ask a couple questions so I can kind of lay out a, okay. a plan here for when we do it. So are there, are there foods that you are eating that you know that you should not be eating? Uh, yes. Okay. Are there foods that, uh, that you should be, uh, that you like to eat? that are ones that you just say, this is, you know, every time that you eat it, you feel guilty about it. Um, yeah. Okay. I, um, and I've been trying to not have the guilt about it. Like Mm -hmm. I, um, I've been following this ketogenic diet and the other day I went and got a small blizzard. Okay. And I felt really guilty about it and it gave me some gastrointestinal distress. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it was not uh I ate it and it, it did taste good but I was sort of sick to my stomach the rest of the evening. Right. So so yeah so with some of that stuff we'll be able we'll go in and we'll try to um we'll you know change how you view those things. So we'll we're going to kind of combine not just NLP but also the my background in food psychology as a food psychology coach. So we want to find out, you know, it's a little bit about why some of these things are happening and make sure that you understand that it's okay to be happy with where you are now, too. Right. Because I get, um, it's usually when I have a big stressor, then I crave something crappy that right. I know is bad. You know, right. like I know that I shouldn't be eating a blizzard. Right. So, so and I think the last time I had one was probably two years ago. But the, you know, I don't know, it was just calling to me. So that's the uh, subconscious part. Yeah, well, yeah. So, it, well, it's, no, it's, it's actually your conscious part where you're actually justifying it to yourself, right? Right, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I've been, and I need to, to not. I, uh, I mean, it didn't really, um, I still tested my blood ketones because I was like, afterwards, like, why did I do that? Because I, and, like, it messes up the whole program. Right. But, um. My blood ketones were still high enough to read on the the meter, so that was a good thing. But um, and being like sick to my stomach the rest of the evening, I'm like, that's stupid. Why right. would I eat something to make me sick to my stomach? Right. So, which is the which is the other thing that we talk about with with clients is once we can get you to feel great, right? Once you know what it feels like to feel your best or close to your best, why would you ever want to feel anything different? Well, yeah, and I think sometimes because I'm so used to being bloated um, mm-hmm. and not feeling good, 
that I've been eating a lot more food and a lot more fat and I actually feel really good most of the time, right. but I'm not used to feeling good. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, oh, that bloated feeling is more familiar than this feeling good feeling. Right. Yep. Oh, ab yeah, absolutely. And the other day, actually, we went to dinner with uh, with a friend, and we were at some little, like, ice cream place. And, yeah, we had – I had a burger that was there, and it had, obviously, a, a rich processed bun and – you know, it was probably not the best meat, and you know, and it, and we actually had a a shake with it. I haven't had a shake in a while, and it was, but I I felt like I had a hangover all yesterday. So that was Sunday night. So yeah, yesterday I felt like it's like wow, I'm just not my mental focus is not there. So now that is part of my new paradigm. Uh, that is not you know this these are things that. I can still do them occasionally, but I'm going to make better choices than that choice that I did. Right, and you also, um, for me though, like I think people go back to where they feel um, familiarity, even if it's not the best state. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're in a stressful situation or whatever, we revert back to familiarity, even though like, oh, that's a really bad choice. Right. So, yeah, so we need to kind of, get past all of that and really kind of get you thinking and allow your best self to answer those questions and to allow those things that you know are not good for you to move on. Cause it really, if you, if we ask it, it's about your, basically your body is trying to protect itself, right? Right. Cause it's justifying the fact that it's okay for you to, have those things. Right, right. And it's saying, oh, well, I want you to feel better so we can have this thing that we know that has made you feel better, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to allow that, allow your, your best self to answer those questions and help, uh, help those things move on. Sounds cool. So next time we talk, we'll, um, go over all the, the process, um, not just the details about NLP, but the process of going through it. Right. And um, so we're coming up on time. Mm -hmm. um, folks, if you can, you know, rate us on iTunes, refer us to a friend, give us some, some feedback, that would be great. And if you have any questions that you want answered, please um, either email us at fitnessnerdspodcast at gmail.com or... Um, Go to Coach Ryan Smith. Um, is it CoachRyanSmith.com? Yep, CoachRyanSmith.com. Or um, CoachStephanieHolbrook.com. Oh, it's not Coach Stephanie Holbrook. What <laughs> the heck am I talking about? <laughs> There's probably some Coach Stephanie Holbrook out there. Yeah. It's StephanieHolbrookFitness.com. Great. That's and, of course, great. we've got our Facebook page, too, so you can always go send us a message or put a post on on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash fitnessnerdspodcast. Awesome. Yep. Well, cool. Well, I will talk to you later, um, and we'll, we'll do our NLP session. Uh, absolutely. Sounds great. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great day, Ryan. You too.